Hello everyone, my name is Naomi Williams and welcome to Dawning Diabetes Podcast where we talk about type 1 diabetes, other autoimmune disorders, and healthy living. Hey everyone, so today we have special guest Chelsea Rice, who is the host of Soul of Diabetes podcast. We will discuss diabetes and stereotypes. So you may be surprised to hear some of the things we talk about today. So you don't want to miss this episode. Please do not take any information or story shared on this podcast as medical advice. Please consult with your doctor or medical professional before changing your health plan. Okay, hello everybody. So today we have special guest Chelsea Rice. He is a podcast host for Soul of Diabetes. He is also a comedian and he helps people in the diabetic community, you guys. So welcome to the show, Chelsea Rice. How are you? How are you doing today? So we are going to jump into a discussion about diabetes and stereotypes and what have I've always heard in my life. And I'm pretty sure Chelsea has heard these few stereotypes, but we're going to just jump on a few specific stereotypes, myths. Um, All righty. So first question is, what stereotypes have you heard from others about diabetes? And Chelsea, you may have the floor the um the most that i heard coming up even before i was um diagnosed was more or less that diabetes was like a um lazy person's condition um that you had to be overweight or that you ate a lot of candy and stuff like that a lot of it was it was a cross between a combination rather of stereotypes and stigmas and in the stuff that I've learned, you know, in the past year or so, in some of the interviews I've done on my podcast, these um, stigmas and stereotypes have been around for decades. And it, and some of them even were attached to specific racial groups. Yeah. Uh, because diabetes was for years thought of as being a, just a Jewish disease. And at the time that they were doing uh, research about the disease is they never even took into consideration that African-Americans, Native Americans, or any other uh, race of population would even develop diabetes. At, at one point, Black people were actually thought to be uh, genetically inferior of even getting diabetes. So when you have that mindset about a specific group of people, you don't even study the subject as it pertains to them. So diabetes could have easily been a, um, you know, just running rampant within the African-American and Native American and Hispanic American communities. But at the time, they weren't even looking at us and as that, how that disease uh, pertains to us. So, you know, it could have been destroying our community, but nobody was really giving it any consideration. Mm. So, so you can see where something like that could create a lot of stigmas and stereotypes about 
um, diabetes, especially when you just make some knee jerk um, assumption about it. And, and of course, you know, the, as time went on, you know, say around when people started becoming more open about having diabetes, when actors like Wilfred Brimley was doing uh, these commercials about, they used to be, well, it's just like the commercials you see in the afternoon, what they consider the Medicare hour mm-hmm. is when they start running ads for Medicare and um, reverse mortgages and stuff like that. Wilfred Brimley used to do these, diabe- these uh, diabetes-centered ads about uh, using mm-hmm. Medicare to get your diabetes uh, supplies and stuff. And so that became a stereotype, um, which you, I mean, you'll see memes about Wilford Brimley today. It's just, it's, these are the things that have been perpetuated. And it seemed like, you know, a lot of these stereotypes and stigmas have um, stuck with diabetes more than any other condition that I can think of, mm-hmm. you know, because I think because um, diabetes is so closely related to food, eating too much sugar or that you just eat too much in general. And so <clears throat> those stigmas and stereotypes are stuck around to this day. And that's how it makes it so difficult for we as advocates to actually talk about diabetes and try to bring people and make them aware of this condition and how it affects us. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that we still that we're still fighting against. And it's just and it's been deep rooted, deep, you know, it's it's entrenched in our social psyche. Mm-hmm. The, way we, the way we just when you speak say something about diabetes, the first thing you think about is like, oh, you must have ate too much. You know, it's going off through the commercials that they see on television. You know, there's just never any real media out there expressing the dangers of diabetes. That's so true. And I remember um, us talking about that and how, um, and I remember listening to your podcast on this as well, how um, they didn't do a whole lot of research back in the day regarding minorities in general. And because like you said, racism is a part of that and, and just other factors too is a part of that. And um, yes. And so there is statistics that show for those of you who do not know that um, diabetes affects the black community more so than the white community and Latino community as well in Asian communities. Um, And that does not get talked a lot about. Um, And that's something in my research, I'm noticing too a pattern and increase in this. Um, So it really needs to be focused on more um, races than, of course, um, people who are Caucasian. Um, so that is something that definitely needs to be spread awareness on. And going back to the um, the sugar. Yes, that is a stereotype that I want to bring up because, like you said, it's in the mainstream media commercials about sugar free and okay let's go ahead and and you know if you do this low carb diet this will work out or be sugar free sugar is bad for you when in reality sugar is not bad for you um you may just need to drink more water (laughs) um and that's something that i learned from my cardiologist is that maybe you just need to drink more water 
increase your intake and that will give you more energy throughout the day. Don't blame your energy levels on sugar because sugar can be filtered out through the blood. Um, And so that's something that has nothing to do with diabetes is not linked to diabetes. Um, And when we're talking type one, it's an autoimmune disorder. And then when we're talking about insulin resistance, um, it could play somewhat of a factor, but it's not linked. It's not a it's not a cause. Um, And so but it's overall your lifestyle. Right. You have the fats and the proteins that combine with that glucose and sucralose and dextrose that your body needs, but those proteins and fats, those are the real culprits that can make your body have insulin resistance over time, but it also can be a genetic factor. So you are absolutely right about that. It's just more, um, more factors that go into the development of diabetes than just sugar. And I get like so annoyed when are like, oh, did you eat, like you said, did you eat too much sugar? Or if you eat, if I eat all this sugar, I'm going to get diabetes. And that joke is just so played out. And mm. I just wish people would realize that this is a serious thing. And once you have diabetes, whether you have type two or type one, you have it forever. And it's a very serious condition either way, like either one. Um, so I just think if people will understand this, like the severity of it, but also understand, like, don't ignore the facts about diabetes and don't joke about something you don't know, because and that that's just something that that annoys me <laughs> to this day. <laughs> So, but yeah, the, the thing about um, trying to encourage, you know, I guess the word if I can use is civilians about the the dangers of the joking about diabetes. That's something that we've been dealing with for as long as I've been, you know, diagnosed. And it's and it's something that, you know, it won't be going away anytime soon. Um, so it is a case of it is what it is. So I think a lot of times we have to concentrate more on trying to reach the people who have it and educate better educating them and building their defenses against the, uh, the negative stereotypes. It's yeah. an uphill battle. It is, you know, it's it an uphill definitely battle. is. Yeah. Because we have to, you know, educate people about, like you said, something that is embedded in society. So it's like, we are, we're having to advocate, to people who will listen, of course, but they have to unlearn what what they've learned about diabetes their whole lives. Um, And that's not easy. Um, And so I know some people, you know, they just kind of be like, okay, let me just let me kind of put diabetes my back burner. I'll learn it one day. But the time is now, you know, you can't wait to learn about it. You can't wait until a loved one has it or you develop diabetes down the line um, because you could have type one or type two. Um, and so, or other forms of diabetes, there's six different types worldwide. Um, and so that's just, yeah, that's very true. We have to continue um, to advocate um, and not joke, you know, about things that we don't understand. I think that's what what happens? People joke because they're fearful or they just don't understand. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the extra challenge now in, in you know, today is obviously uh, social media and the Internet, because yeah. these types of, um, you know, memes and all these different uh, things and jokes or whatever get spread around so quickly. Yes. Um, I mean, to the extent we had um, there was one there was a physician that actually posted a a um, a diabetes aimed uh, joke. And this guy was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Now, his supposedly his intention was to bring awareness and make people aware of the dangers of the uh, diabetes complications. But what it happened was he, you know, we went after him, you know, but and then what made it even more ridiculous was the people that were defending him and continuing to make jokes about it and then talking about what they have to deal with as healthcare professionals dealing with people who are non-compliant are um, that come in and don't follow the doctor's instruction is these healthcare professionals actually playing the victim because of what mm-hmm. they have to deal with in the ER or at the endocrinologist's office or whatever. Yeah. And so it was like, so basically you're not even trying to squash this and help us clear and positive information, right. correct information. You're in the field, but you want to sit there and play the victim because you you had a bad day because the people that you were trying to help, you just want to blame them because they can, you know, for their condition. So this is, this is the kind of stuff that just keeps going back and forth. Yeah. And so that's why I think that, you know, we as advocates have to really just not be silent and take these people to task because that just proves we got our own people working against us. Yeah. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, exactly. We just have to spread positive information regarding, you know, type one diabetes. And it's okay if, you know, if we as like diabetics kind of, you know, in a, in a, in a joking, but just in a light way of saying like, Hey, like my blood sugar is low today, or, you know, or I just, or I'm high or, you know, and I have seen like people use their platform to spread information about diabetes, but also make it light and it's not so heavy, you know, and I think that's a great approach too. is to um, once you know what diabetes type two and type one is and you or and, you know, you know, someone who has diabetes, then it's okay to make it light and in try to get their mind off of what they're going through in a sense. Um, Cause I've, I've seen that before and that actually like helped me um, like the memes or different things that people would post um, on Instagram, but, and sorry, you guys, there is a thunderstorm happening, um, but we're going to continue <laughs> with the show. <laughs> it's starting to get dark down here too. So I don't know whether, whether it's going to actually happen or not, but saying as far as like you know joking and making light of it that that's what i was doing when i was performing mm-hmm. um you know talking about my diabetes and specifically my diabetes i wasn't making jokes about uh conditions even though i i uh, lost vision in my right eye because of it ret- diabetic retinopathy but mm. i don't make i didn't do jokes about like amputations and things about that because but if i had an amputation i would probably tell a joke about it because that's my condition that is right what happened to me. So I, I know my own um, story better than anybody else. And I'm the only one that can tell it the best. So, yeah. 
any jokes that I made about diabetes on stage was I was joking about my experience. And so that's when, and my purpose in doing that was more, more or less to empower folks to be able to talk about it. Cause I met more people after the shows that said they never even talked about their diabetes openly with, you know, with friends or, I mean, obviously their family members may know, but you know, they didn't talk about it openly at work or, are in social gatherings and I'm, I'm the first one to bring it up, you know, and, and as far as work is concerned, because one, these folks need to know what's going on with me. So something happened. Right. You know? And, um, and it's the same thing with, you know, anytime I'm, you know, in a social gathering and folks need to know what's going on with me in case something happens. Right. And, you know, it, it helps to, to educate your family members and friends because those are the people you're going to have to rely on. Should you need, um, a sugary drink in case you get low or if you need to be taken to the hospital, stuff like that, or explain something to the EMTs when they show up. Those are the yeah. things you need to prepare people for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's in, it seems like a heavy burden to put on people, but it's just like the, just like the saying goes, those that mind don't matter. Those that matter don't mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you surround yourself with people who are going to support you, you know, in this, in this, um, journey with this condition. Mm-hmm. So I have to educate people all the time about what's going on with me, especially at work, because yeah, um, you have to be able to advocate for yourself at work because depending on what states you live in, like Georgia and Florida, they're right to work states. They can fire you for whatever. Yeah. They don't, need a, they don't need a reason. And <clears throat> you need to understand your rights as far as the Americans with Diabetes Disabilities Act. Yeah. Because diabetes is considered a disability. Yes. And I and honestly, I didn't know that till I started working for the company I work for now um, that I had those types of rights. And so. Yeah, I didn't know that until I went to college. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I because I never thought of myself as being disabled or anything, you know, because I still carry on. But um, Mm -hmm. my supervisor, she had. she had, um, uh, had cancer at one point. So she'd been through that whole ordeal dealing with, um, that. And, um, you know, so she and I kind of saw eye to eye as far as I concerned how to protect yourself in those types of situations when you have to, you know, leave for treatment or you have to step away to treat something or, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it came down to COVID, you know, yeah. we, I mean, I, she understood what I said, look, I need to get out of here. I know I haven't worked long enough to to choose to to apply to work from home, but I'm not going to sit in here and get sick with with diabetes just because you need me on the phone. Yeah. So no, I need to go. I need to leave it. She she understood that because she had to leave. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's the things you have to. That's why you have to be open and and honest about your diabetes to others because that's advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. And being prepared for what may happen, and having people that are actually going to, you know, have your back when if something does happen, because there's nothing worse than being in a situation and there's nobody around to help you. And I've been there. You know, I had a low and passed out right there in the at work. I worked night shift, so there was hardly anybody around. Fortunately, somebody came down and found me. That's the kind of stuff you have to make um, make people aware. Wear yeah. your bracelets. You, I mean, that's the biggest. That that's the thing that that I have the hardest time understanding is how people can be ashamed mm-hmm. of having diabetes, and that just goes back to the stigma. 
Yeah. Because they bought into the stigma and the stereotypes and they don't want people to think that they're lazy or that they're overweight and this, that, and the other. Right. So they feed, they buy into that and then they just internalize it. And then they don't want to talk about the condition to, you know, to advocate for themselves. That that's why, like, again, that's why the advocates have to be, you know, making noise and educating folks to, to navigate these waters. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. We know it's difficult because we live with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're not telling you, we're not feeding you the business. You know, we're trying to get you to understand what's going on here and to better take care of yourself because the alternatives ain't good. Yeah. Right now. Exactly. It is. And people think um, and I, I have seen this. People will compartmentalize diabetes and health and they think it's two sem- separate entities, but it's not. It's literally Diabetes affects everyone. So even if you are not a diabetic, you don't have a family history of it, it's good to learn from us and what we're doing to stay healthy and live healthy. So you can apply that knowledge to what you are doing in your lifestyle, because we all have to get healthy. We all have to, you know, make sure that we are just living the healthiest we can be. And so I have noticed that, too, how people will think that diabetes is separate from healthy living, but it's all in the the same way. People think um, diabetes is is not common, but it is. Now there's 34.2 million diabetics in the United States. 90% of that is type 2. 10, I say 15% is type 1 because we are seeing an increase each year with type 1 diabetics. Um, In adults too, a lot of adults are becoming more and more becoming type 1s instead of type 2. Yeah, because I, I was diagnosed when I was 25. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty much, you know, totally uneducated. Uh, the diabetes, even though my grandmother was type two, but mm-hmm. I knew nothing when I was when I was diagnosed. And that was, you know, clearly that was a long time ago, judging by the gray hair. But mm-hmm. I was diagnosed back in the late 80s. And mm-hmm. so things like CGMs didn't exist. Um, Pumps existed, but they were like crazy expensive, even though they still are. Yeah. But you couldn't just go out and get a pump like you can today. Right. I mean, the the insurance companies just weren't having it back Mm -hmm. then. Yeah. There was no social media or anything of that nature. So it was Mm -hmm. all pretty much in your face kind of support. Um, And finding that you just found it by word of mouth. And so now... We're going to talk about like two myths that we've heard about diabetes. And for those of you tuning in, yes, it is still thundering and lightning. Um, So, yes, but we're going to try to get this done as quickly as possible. Okay, so what myths have you heard surrounding diabetes? So one of the myths that I have heard is something we did talk about, um, which was great. Um, Something that you mentioned, Chelsea, was about you have to eat foods that are different than everyone else. And that's something that I personally have went through um, with my own like family. um, And I'm not going to name names, but I have gone through that throughout my life um, with friends, family, people at school, uh, even teachers 
they always get me sugar free stuff. Um, and they think that I can't eat like cake or cookies or candy, just like the regular kids. Um, what are other myths that you have heard surrounding diabetes? So we talked a little bit earlier about food and people categorizing different foods and stuff briefly um, before we had to take a quick pause. But the another myth that I have seen is cinnamon. Um, cinnamon and diabetes. And that's something that I'm just like, cinnamon doesn't affect diabetes at all. But people think, some people think it's a cure. Some people think there are cures out here. Um, that's another myth. Um, we're getting close, but that's not the way we're going to have to get a cure. Uh, we got cell research and stem cell research that's happening in autoimmune, like the mRNA they're talking about that could possibly be a cure maybe in the future. I don't know. But all I do know is people think cinnamon is a cure or it can help with your diabetes. But like all spices and foods, it depends, but it's not a cure. <laughs> so, yeah, it's I mean, it's there's that and what else? It was okra water. Um, there's actually a plant that's called the insulin plant. Um, oh, kudzu? Not not kudzu. It's another plant. Um, they call the insulin plant. Apparently consuming that can help lower your blood sugar. I mean, I don't know whether that's true or not, or whether, you know, things like, you know, bitter melon and other things like that can, can, can assist with that. There's a lot of stuff that we don't know as far as when it comes to, you know, plants and herbs is how it affects, you know, your body. But there's a lot of stuff that's been tossed around just simply because of stuff that people hear word of mouth or memes that they see on uh, social media and whatnot, and they get passed around. I mean, I mean, they're still if you're eating a lot of sugar, giving you diabetes is still uh, one of the classics. But yeah. And, and what the people that, that I see falling for that the most are the folks that are that haven't one haven't taken the time to educate themselves about their condition. And the folks that are have little access to that information are folks that are in um, lower income communities that rely on, that end up relying on word of mouth as opposed to being able to research something on their own. Um, mm -hmm. They've taken a mindset because they don't have the money that, that the, the information costs. I mean, it, all you, you'd have to do is ask. You know, yeah. you don't have to you don't have to resort to just word of mouth because that word of mouth can get you killed. You know, present day example right now, everything yeah. is in the news. Yeah. You know, people let mouth get them killed. Mm -hmm. So you have to, you have to just, and, and I know it's a, it's a large order to get a lot of folks to advocate for themselves. Um, Cause there are a lot of people who just don't uh, innate quality to speak up. Right. Um, not saying that people would rather play the victim, but some folks just aren't equipped to speak up for themselves. Those folks, we need to get those folks educated. That's why you, we have to take the information to them in a sense, you know, take it to these underserved communities where mm -hmm. 
I mean, they don't have camp kudzus in the hood. Right. You know, that's true. So the community centers, if any, need to be utilized for that purpose alone to provide this information to not just the kids, but to the adults. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It needs to be brought into the inner city. It needs to be brought into the deep South. I'm not talking where I live. I'm talking deep South Valdosta Mm -hmm. area. Um, Rural. Very rural. Uh, Yeah. And, and in the, and in the the mountains as well. I mean, there's. And the mountains. Up around around where my hometown is um, smaller, you know, cities and counties and those areas um they're underserved yeah i mean and think about it now there are people in this country now that don't have um broadband internet some people are still on dial up Mm -hmm. and so they don't have that um that infrastructure that supports them to be able to just hop online and find information yeah yeah that's true. Yes. And you're right. Um, in the under underserved communities, um, they don't have Internet. Uh, some of them out in the country, in the mountains, in the inner city, they don't have Wi-Fi. That is and so trying, true. And finding that out now is like when kids have to, you know, go home to be homeschooled because of COVID. Many of these kids don't have Internet. They have to go park outside the McDonald's or whatever and and steal wi-fi to be able to do the classwork yep that's so true yeah that's very true so and you're right i i think um it is people don't want to advocate for themselves so they try to find different ways to lower their blood sugars you know with their insulin if they take insulin um if they have to take insulin some people don't know that as a type two, you may have to be on insulin um, or take a pill um, to lower your blood sugar. And then some people with type one just diagnosed, they don't realize that, oh, I have to take a shot every day. I have to take insulin regularly. I have to check my blood sugar regularly. I'm thinking I could take this insulin, then maybe eat this food like cinnamon or other you know foods and and that's gonna help it and that is not the case um and i have heard and oftentimes uh-huh. folks these folks aren't looking for the holistic way of treating the diabetes they're just looking for an inexpensive way right and that too yes and some people can't afford insulin yes that is that is a whole nother episode but yes there are some people who cannot afford insulin um i'm fortunate enough to be able to afford insulin um i have helped people out throughout college who they didn't have enough medical supplies so i just gave them whatever i didn't use um and just donate so Yes, there are people who don't have the money to pay for insulin and then insulin keeps going up at an astronomical rate. Um, The percentage of insulin keeps getting higher and higher. Um, And so it just comes to to question if we do have a cure, will we be able to afford the cure? And that answer is no, because they're going to make it so many thousands, thousands of dollars if we don't change anything now. Um, and that that's a whole nother 
um, issue surrounding diabetes in general. And people should be concerned about diet, like insulin going up, even if you don't have diabetes, because that means if you have to get a medication or you develop a chronic illness, it's just maybes, then your prescription may go up too because of insulin. So it all affects the economy and all of that. Um, And that's something I definitely need to do more research on um, because I have noticed this link. And um, so that's, and you're right. That's why people may turn to cinnamon or um, they may turn to um, low carb or, do you know, just different things because they might can't take insulin all throughout the day. They may have to do something um, that could supplement it, but in reality, you can't, you have to have your insulin. Um, and that's a whole nother thing. Um, there's needs to be more resources for people to get insulin for free. Um, and I think insulin should be free anyway. Um, it shouldn't be, we should have to pay for anything. Um, but that's my opinion. So. I mean, there's a lot of, um, a lot of talk now about, you know, folks working towards making insulin more accessible and then, you know, this latest move by Walmart to, um, I think is over the counter is like $70 for theirs is what they were working towards. And the thing that got me was that the folks who were pushing for these reforms, as far as insulin prices, you know, you get maybe one click moved with Walmart, but they're still complaining. Yeah. You know, still too high. And it's like, you know, you just made a move that they didn't do that on their own. You know, all the work that you put in did that. So take the win, <laughs> you know, it's at least, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, you know, folks, some, like, some people just don't know how to, well, like a better word, succeed. You can sit there and just be mad just to be mad. Mm-hmm. Or you can just take an advancement or get another, mm-hmm. you know, company other than Walmart to make the change. We, so we just have to keep, like you said, advocating and educating people because yeah, there are, you can definitely eat healthy foods. I have, a podcast series on healthy carbs because you need carbohydrates that gives you energy. You need healthy fats. You need healthy proteins that all plays a role in anyone's healthy living lifestyle. But at the same time, um, you don't have to supplement. Um, you don't that you can't supplement if you're on insulin for those foods. I mean, you could possibly work out, Um, But at the end of that workout, you still may need that insulin because I've tried it in high school. I mean, I was I had plenty of insulin, but I tried it to where I was playing volleyball and I thought I didn't need insulin. I was like, oh, yeah, my um, my blood sugar is 100. I'm going to eat half a muffin and go play volleyball. So I played volleyball in high school and. Come to find out, yeah, my sugar stayed in the hundreds. But then because I didn't cover at least half of that muffin, we're talking 54 carbs, y'all. And I did, and it stayed in the hundreds while I was working out. But as soon as I stopped working out, I needed that insulin. I was spiking to 300, wondering, well, what did I, what happened? Because I didn't give myself insulin or at least half of a dose beforehand. Um, and 
that's what happened or after I worked out. Um, cause you, so that's something, um, I noticed too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it should, I mean, just, just off the top, because depending on that person's, um, own condition, it may come down to being treated different. I mean, I'm, I treat my diabetes different than a person with type two. So I think it'd be more apt to keep them with separate uh, names um, for that purpose. I don't see trying to put all of them under the same umbrella. I don't, right. I really don't see what that's supposed to do. Right. I, I just don't, I don't understand how it even became a thing. I mean, obviously they're both treated differently and individually for that matter uh, when it comes to patient to patient, but I don't really see the point in trying to put it all under one lid and then kind of go from there. Yeah. I see some more convolute things than anything. Right. No, that's true. Um, I, I agree. I don't, I didn't quite understand this debate because I'm used to type one diabetes type two. And I felt, I feel like if you change, um, type one and type two is going to confuse people even more. And I feel like we're trying to, you know, educate people now with the facts of diabetes in general. We are not trying to confuse people even more. So I think if you just keep the names that will help because we saw the name change from juvenile diabetes to type one diabetes or adult onset diabetes. And so that in itself confused people a lot because people always thought, which goes back to another myth that old people have diabetes, but that's not true. Um, You can have it when you're born, literally, as soon as you're born, you can have type one diabetes or type two. Uh, So it really doesn't matter. Um, and so, but when people changed it, you know, I felt like the name just to type one diabetes was, was a good thing because people always associated with juvenile diabetes, but in that context, that was a needed change in the name, but right. do we need to change it now? No, <laughs> no, no. never. I mean, it's, it's not like the, I mean, it's not like the predicting is going to all become one condition anyway. I mean, it's not like right. type twos are going to become type ones or whatever. Uh, I just don't see it. Yeah, exactly. I don't see it either. You are the, the type that you are. Um, and there is something called type one and a half. And I mentioned that lot of autoimmune diabetes. And so that you will eventually have type one. Um, but that's another, that's, uh, that's kind of rare. More people are getting it, but that's where the type two and the type one kind of mix, but that's, that's the only one, but that's, like I said, that's still autoimmune disorder. That's not a, um, that still has its own category of what people go through with a lot of autoimmune and then people with type two go through different things. Um, people with type two can hopefully, and I, I hope this for them, I, they could hopefully put themselves in a remission state. Um, mm-hmm. So it seems like they don't have type two diabetes, but they will always have it. Um, it doesn't go away. 
just because you put yourself in a remission state because it can you can develop type two when you're like 14 and then you know, you get out of it, you know, it seems like you're out of it because you're in a remission state in your 20s. But then all of a sudden it can come back in your 60s um, and you're just like, well, wait, what just happened? But it, it happens. Um, and so we have seen cases like that. And then type one, same thing, autoimmune, same different category. Part of the pancreas doesn't work. The immune system literally just said no to the insulin cells you can't produce <laughs> uh you know so it really is different even though they categorize it together which they should not do that's my opinion but it's it's similar but it's not the same how it develops um right. but we have to keep that in mind and i feel like keeping that separation in the names is needed so like for instance, you know, the CDC doesn't group us all together and other organizations um, don't group us all together in their research. That's not. No, but that's my opinion. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what should people do to know more about type one diabetes or diabetes in general? No condition. I don't I don't think any condition is a, is an end all. Yeah, you just have to make yourself you have to educate yourself and be well aware of your own condition. And of course, you know, like I said, being an advocate for yourself and being able to ask questions that you don't about things you don't understand. If the doctor's not spending enough time with you to explain. Um, out of, you know, whether it's to use a pump or the, or the type of insulin that you use and just don't be afraid to ask, because that's that's this is your life you're talking about. Yes, that's his job. That's why he chose to go to college to, to treat people. Yes, he didn't choose to go to college so he can sit there and just, you know, just look at the wall while you're trying to explain <laughs> how you're feeling or whatever. Right. So, <laughs> oh, that's, that's his job. So, you know, you have to you have to grill him, and if he's not giving you the information, you have the right to fire him. Yeah, and go exactly. find somebody else. Yeah, I mean, you, this is a thing that's, that's that runs prevalent with you know older patients is they think that they're locked into one physician and then, and especially with, you know, folks, folks are from a marginalized group of people. They think that that physician's word is law. Mm -hmm. That if he tells you that, don't question it, just do what he says. You don't, I mean, there's nothing wrong with questioning it just because, I mean, if you don't understand it, question it. Yeah. If he can't explain it, then, you know, he needs to he needs to question his own ability. Yeah. A lot of people that that know a lot of stuff, but don't know how to teach it. Yeah. And you run into a lot of doctors like that. Some doctors are just more loose at it. I mean, I got a I went to a podiatrist. He's just like he's just loose with his treatment. You know, way he, he talks to you and all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't want him as a endocrinologist. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> yeah. I had to, you know, I need to get my endocrinologist to look, okay, sit down and explain this to me. We can, you know, we can rap and ha and he, he, all that, all that some other time. But right now I got questions. Yeah. So the main thing about, you know, diabetes is a condition and it's work towards accepting the fact that this is the way it is, but it doesn't have to be the way 
I was told. Yes. Yes. I don't, you don't have to live your life. You don't have to, you can eat everything that people say you can't eat. You just have to be smarter about it than they are. Yeah. Than somebody who doesn't have it. Exactly. I can have a, I can have a cookie if I want to, or a piece of pie, but I have to think about what it is I'm doing. Do things like changing my portion size. Um, at Thanksgiving, I don't need that large portion of cornbread or mac and cheese or all the carbs. Take into account, start learning what works for you and what works against you. Of course, the leafy greens or the turn greens and the vegetables, those are going to work for you. You don't have to limit yourself on those. Um, proteins and meats, you know, yeah, kind of ease up on the fried foods, but that doesn't mean you can't eat meat. Yeah. If you choose to eat meat, then you can eat meat. Mm-hmm. You know, just be smart about how it's prepared. Try something different. Don't be afraid to try different things because, you know, you're going to be surprised in a lot of ways. So you don't have to sit there and just limit yourself and put yourself into like a, a food prison just because you have diabetes. You just have to be smarter about it. And other things you, that I would teach them is learn to be patient with people that don't understand it, especially when you in your in your close group of friends and family. Be patient with them to help them learn. Yeah, that's and something I learned. Learn, yeah, they don't want to learn if they just want to sit up there and just be all this, that, and the other and not giving you any consideration, then distance yourself from them. I don't care who they are. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if your family's not giving you the support you need, stay away from them. Mm. Send them yeah. a Christmas card. Send them a card. You ain't got to see them. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's you true. Yeah. Helping, you know, you're not helping me to get better or to, to, to stay better. Yeah. You're hindering me. And then you have to be cognizant, cognizant about What's really going on? Some folks just ain't good to have around. And like I said, it doesn't matter who it is. It's family be the first one to screw you over before anybody else. Because they think they they got a right to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so so true. I've experienced that. Yeah, you just have to be smarter about who you are social because this is life and death now. You know, you hate to put it to folks like that, but that's what it is. It is what it is. This is life or death. You know, you need to make a decision of do you want to be here? And do we want to be here with little complications, little to no complication, in pain or without pain? You need to make that, you need to really make that decision about what it is you're doing and what do you have to do? Yeah. Because to the truth of the matter is, you know, I'll tell you just like, you know, it's like grown folks tell you, you know, you don't, if you choose not to, you'll, you'll find out soon enough what I'm talking about. Yeah. I have heard that from my grandparents all the time. Yes. Yeah. You're going to learn soon enough. (laughs) That's the South. Yes. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. I'm preaching. I'm just telling you what I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's so true. You guys, um, it is life or death situation, but you can choose life, you know, like you can choose to live, um, with, your type two diabetes with your type one diabetes, like Chelsea's saying, like, you don't have to be afraid of, you know, this disease, you know, there's millions of people who have it. You are not by yourself and don't think you are by yourself. Um, and that's something that I've, I've, you know, kind of went through growing up is feeling 
by myself with it, but I had a supportive family. Even though I was the only one, literally in my family and my school system, I was the only one in the South. Okay. And that's a whole nother story. But yes, so you know, it it is um like like it is what it is, but you can choose to learn more about it, to um to to grow from it and to make sure you are still living the life you're living, but you don't have to let it hinder you. You can eat your sweets. You can eat whatever you want to eat, but you just have to be very smart about it. You have to make sure that, you know, is it going to spike my blood sugar or is it going to lower my blood sugar? You know, like you just have to make sure you understand um, and talk to your doctor about it. And yeah, your endo works for you. Um, don't let, don't know. Cause I used to think that, um, cause I was in pediatrics and then I went to adult endocrinology. I used to think adult endo was like, okay, like my pediatric endo. No, it's completely different. They work for you. You can access see the endocrinologist. You don't have to wait and see a nurse practitioner or a PA. No, you can see the doctor. If you feel like you're not getting heard, you can see the doctor. Uh, so yeah or you can switch doctors so if you can i know there's not a whole lot of endocrinologists in other parts of the united states and that's another issue that there needs to be more endocrinologists so if you're listening to this and you're in college maybe go for endocrinology (laughs) um you know because we need you uh a lot of people need you yeah i think that's that's pretty much it um for today's show you guys um that's all i have to add um for this show um just stay educated um keep you know reading articles that give facts about diabetes not you know news media that groups diabetes together no like actually find a source that can that differentiates the two or the three or the six in the world um and so definitely don't just believe in any mainstream media um that kind of goes that kind of groups us together and causes so much confusion nowadays um but yeah i think that's all i want to add and anything else you want to add chelsea I'll just utilize your resources. I appreciate you having me. Yes, I appreciate you coming on the show and just coming and staying on even with the storm. I appreciate your patience (laughs) and just, just, you know, coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea. And we will talk with you later. I enjoyed today's discussion. Thank you to Chelsea Rice for coming on the show. Check out Soul of Diabetes episodes on most podcasting platforms. I hope you learned a new perspective on diabetes. So the next time someone cracks a joke, don't laugh, just advocate.
This has been Naomi with Dawning Diabetes. Thanks for listening today. Episodes are posted every Thursday, sometimes on Fridays too. If you haven't already, check out more episodes and join the Dawning Diabetes community on Instagram and Twitter. That's it, y'all. See ya.